Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, my love drunk. Welcome to Hard Blend Podcast. And today we have a special guest. His name is Jorge from Live Damn Well podcast and he is truly amazing. Enjoy this conversation that we had on becoming more self-reliant and his journey through health. All right, I am here with Jorge, which I'm super excited to have today. He's going to share a lot about himself and he is the author of Return to Human. He is studying neuropsychology and he is on his journey to become a certified health coach. So welcome Jorge. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Excited to talk about the book and some ways that people can really focus on their mental health because at a time right now when it's so critical, uh, it's important for me to teach people that mental health is tied to immune health. And that's really what I want to hit home today too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For sure. I'm super excited to hear about it. So could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So first of all, I'm majoring in neuropsychology. Um, I just wrote the book, which was a result of a lot of time in isolation. So I had the time to do that. Um, Basically, I think the way that I would say I started with my health journey was, I wouldn't say it's one specific event, but really, um, I dove into the world of health because I was a swimmer for around 15 years, um, ever since I was four years old. Mm. So I started with nutrition mm-hmm. because, you know, that's something that my coaches told me like, oh, you could have an edge over people who don't care about their nutrition and just work on the physical side. And I was like, okay, perfect. Like I'm going to dive into nutrition. And, you know, as the years went on, the training slowly started to get harder and harder and harder, way more time in the pool. We had two a days practices. So it really became very difficult to keep up my physical health while also performing at a high level. Mm. And that's something that I talk about uh, in a few of my podcast episodes, which is um, aesthetics and performance versus health. Those often conflict. Mm -hmm. So I started to realize that. And as I started to, um, you know, because my goal was training for the Olympics. So as I started to go through all of that commitment, then I started to really feel, um, you know, kind of unhappy, Mm -hmm. uh, very anxious. Mm -hmm. I started to feel that my mental health and my physical health was declining. And I wasn't really sure why, you know, a lot of what goes on in the conversation surrounding mental health in conventional medicine is, oh, you know, it's just genetics or or, or these kind of things. And really, I, I took that to heart. And I just thought, oh, you know, it might just be tough luck. Mm-hmm. Right. But as I started to do the research, I first started into nutritional interventions. So I started to see how could I change my diet in order to possibly affect my mood. And then that got me into the microbiome and how what you eat really does affect your mental health. Mm-hmm. And so that is really where it all began. 
Nice. I love that. And that was one of the things that um, drew me to you. I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy because <laughs> like, we need to hear more of that. You know, like we do have some control in the way that we live our lives for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something else that I started to realize was it's not only nutrition. Like, first of all, I think what you don't have in your diet might actually be more important than what you do have mm-hmm. in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't only diet that affected you. And in, in fact, in, in my book, I talk about the six major areas of health that I really see um, that, you know, could have the greatest impact on someone's health mm-hmm. or the be the biggest detriment to someone's health. Um, so really it was nutrition, but it's also your mindset. It's also sleep quality. Mm-hmm. It's also gut health, metabolic health, light exposure, electromagnetic radiation, and movement and exercise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as I really started to research into all of these fields, I started to see like, wow, I am doing things so wrong. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people are also doing these things wrong. And it's not because I was stupid or anyone else is dumb. It's because we just don't have the information readily available. And, um, you know, there's a lot of conflicting information. There's a lot of controversy in the world of science. And uh, to be honest, a big part of that is because of of funding, conflicts of interest, and the way that methodology is done in scientific research. And so that is one of the problems that we come up against when we're really trying to find the truth. And that's really something that I want to embody in my podcast. And that's something I want to embody with Live Damn Well is just finding the truth, just strip everything of ideology Mm -hmm. and just leave what makes someone sick, what makes someone healthy. And I found that the mainstream dietary and lifestyle recommendations are utterly just making people sick. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a tragedy. um, But that's something that I hope to change. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest um, points that you made, well, not the biggest, but one of the biggest uh, was mindset, which is so important. And me personally, I feel like we're in a very fear based society. So it's kind of like you're going against the grain to maintain that uh, healthy mindset when the world is teaching you to be otherwise. (laughs) Um, Definitely mindset is very important. Yeah. So how did you kind of um, work to develop your mindset to serve you in a higher, higher way? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'd say that I've made the biggest leap in my um, mindset over the last few months, Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to over the last 19 years of my life combined. And uh, I think honestly, a big part of that as cliche as it sounds is when you're put in a state of a lot of stress and a lot of um, like tragedy uh, and like isolation, um, as we were put into during during lockdowns of social isolation, social isolation, mm-hmm. right? And we couldn't see family members, we couldn't see friends. That is when you have the biggest potential for growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened to me. I went through some of the roughest times uh, in my life during those times, and so. Really, I think that's when I started to make the biggest leaps in my mindset because, you know, I was someone just to give a quick background of the type of person that I was socially when I was um, in elementary school and middle school. I I came here from Mexico and not knowing a single word of English. Well, I knew like car or colors, right? But nothing that was really (laughs) substantial, right? So that was when I was around five years old. Mm -hmm. So I got here. I didn't know how to speak anything. Really, the main mode of communication for me was smiling. And that's something that my teachers would always tell my parents. Like, you know, he sometimes like he doesn't really he can't speak very much yet, but he always smiles. So 
that was that was my main mode of communication back then and so so yeah that put me socially in a very awkward place i think mm. and um although i didn't actually have trouble making friends which was kind of which was nice and it was which was kind of strange i did have a lot of feelings of um kind of like worthlessness and just feeling like people were better than me mm-hmm. and because you know i did struggle for a little while to actually pick up the language and um so during that time you know it was just this constant reinforcement of me going up and giving a public present like a public speaking doing a presentation in front of the class uh second or third grade and mm-hmm. i would just like i would stutter and i would you know not be able to find the words and i was literally sweating my heart was pounding i i and that went on for as long as i can remember through high school and up until college is when i really started to make the shift into uh being a much better public speaker mm-hmm. and a much better writer so the mindset really came in during these past few months because what i realized was and and the reason that i i told you like i want to do this on like having your back is because that's one of the single biggest things that i feel like i was missing mm-hmm. i really was never taught and i think no one is really taught unless their parents go out of their way to do so mm-hmm. um you know have your own back like if we all have this negative self talk and if you approach that and you allow that to happen and you don't think you know like the way that i'm talking to myself right now would i allow uh someone else to talk to one of my friends like that mm-hmm. if you look at it from that perspective no probably not right. you wouldn't definitely not allow yourself to talk to yourself in that negative way mm-hmm. and so that's one of the biggest fundamental changes i started making in my mindset oh man i love that i love the honesty and honestly if you never told me that i would not think that at all <laughs> um, and you're so young are you 19 I'm 20. 20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's like, I'm about 11 years older than you. And I started about the same time frame at that same age, like my early twenties of like, Oh, so I don't have to think this way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the only way to think. And when you're in that mindset, you just think that's how things are. You think that's just the norm until you learn otherwise. Exactly. I was convinced that you know, I was, well, I thought it was normal for me, but I thought just other people were like genetically gifted with confidence. And Mm. I didn't realize how much of that was actually fake, to be honest. (laughs) I I would see that in my classmates and they would just say the most ridiculous things in class. And yet it seemed like they didn't care. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. They can just say things without second guessing themselves Uh about being hyper self-conscious. And then I started realizing, you know, like maybe it's, it's just stop overanalyzing so much, which which was a big part of it, because that's that's me, mm-hmm. very overanalyzing, super like, uh, you know, living above the neck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was the biggest change that I started making. It's and and like theoretically, it sounds good. It's like have your back. Okay, yes, that sounds nice. But how do you do that practically? Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, practice. Practice makes progress. And so I started to see when those automatic negative thought patterns would arise in me mm-hmm. when I would do something or like I would trip on the sidewalk and no one would see me but I would still judge myself super hard because of that mm-hmm. and I would I would feel those come up I would acknowledge them and I would just allow them to dissipate mm-hmm. I would not allow them to keep going because what happens sometimes is and what I've come to learn is feelings let thoughts 
arise. So from feelings, you get thoughts and then from thoughts, you get feelings and it can easily become a negative feedback loop. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, if you stop it right when that feeling comes up, mm -hmm. that's it. You can, that is the choice that you have, yep. but that is tough because you have to just be conscious all the time mm -hmm. because it's a, it's an unconscious programming that you've had for, well, however long you've had those thought patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything that you kind of came across that shifted your mindset into being more open to thinking this way? Like, was it a book or how did you kind of come to this understanding? I think, honestly, I think um, during the time of a lot of social uh, isolation, mm -hmm. that's really hard for me to say right it's now. Okay. For some it's okay. It's like tongue twister. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it allowed me to get out of other people's heads mm. and it allowed me to stay in my own head. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, that was very important mm -hmm. because I realized that a way that the way that I lived my life for a long time, and I obviously still do, I don't think it's something I'll get rid of. And honestly, I think it could even be a good tool mm -hmm. for making relationships. But uh, the way that I used to live a lot is just living inside other people's head, no matter what I did, my opinion of myself didn't matter. You know, subconsciously, I didn't go around thinking like this mm -hmm. consciously, but subconsciously, it was like other people what they thought or more precisely what I thought they thought mm -hmm. mattered over anything. Mm -hmm. And so having this time of just being alone and being with my thoughts for so long really made me feel like, like, wait a second, I have this image of myself that matters. And not only does it matter, but I can change how I see myself. Mm -hmm. And I can do that by building credibility with myself by doing things that I want to do, by speaking in a way that I know how to speak, you know, like writing things just because I, I want to write about them, you know, having your own voice and, and having your own back. And that's, I think, one of the, the, the best things and the worst things that could have happened is, is being alone for a long time and mm -hmm. really uh, building a better relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most important piece that most of us miss because it's not really shown. It's not really taught. I think it's we're just now coming to this place where it's like, oh, yeah, I can have a relationship with myself. Like for me, I didn't know what self-love really was. I didn't even know that it existed. I didn't know that was a thing. I just, from my knowledge, I thought that love was just something you do for other people or they do that for you. I didn't see how it would relate to me directly. Um, so until I came to that understanding was when I was like, oh, so there are things I can actually do. <laughs> Got it. Um, so right. I wasn't even in a mindset where I was like, I'm not loving myself or I am loving myself. I didn't know that was a thing. I just knew like low confidence or having confidence. Um, and that's, I just knew I didn't have confidence at one point. So once, right. yeah, yeah, like once I learned about self-love then I was like, Oh, that's how you get to the place of actual genuine confidence because you learn how to trust yourself. Right. And the thing is, it's also like a, it's also like a neurochemical thing too, mm -hmm. because as much as it's like, it is very mindset based. And I think that's the foundation, yeah. right? You have to have that mindset that um, you're on your side and you are going to, you know, be there for yourself, uh, basically. Mm -hmm. But 
it's hard to do that when, as I said, like you have these feelings that are neurochemical and then you just have these thoughts. It literally leads to more thoughts to reinforce that state of, of, of being. Mm -hmm. And so if you're eating food that is not conducive to health, you can literally just be creating those negative feelings mm -hmm. and not even realize that that's happening. So that's part of the reason why I started researching into into nutrition and lifestyle because you know nutrition is a is a core part of health but it's not the only thing mm -hmm. and although my book uh, return to human is very uh, like immune based um, very immune centric it's the whole body is an interconnected system so if if something is disrupting your immune system it's more than likely disrupting at least one other part of your body mm -hmm. including mental health and so if that's the case then something that will disrupt your sleep mm -hmm. will 100% disrupt your emotions mm -hmm. and your emotional state, which will then feed back into your mindset, how you view the world, how you view yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the part that a lot of people miss because we focus so much on our thoughts sometimes now that that's become, you know, there's more awareness around having a positive mindset, but it's like, there's other things that affect your mindset. Also, <laughs> it's not only just thinking through it. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I learned about that as well. When I learned that I was like, so wait a minute, like your gut affects your brain, which what? Right. Okay, I need to make sure that I'm keeping my gut clean. <laughs> Right. It's like your second right. brain, right? Exactly. And some researchers even say it's your first brain oh, wow. because of the amount of nerves that run up mm -hmm. versus the amount of nerves that run downwards. Actually, there's more that run upwards, mm -hmm. which means that there are more chemical signals being sent from your gut up to your brain than vice versa, mm -hmm. which is fascinating. Oh, yeah, it really is. I think we're constantly learning. And I don't think we've learned all that there is to the human brain and body. I, I just don't believe it. I mean, we're, we're more complex than we think we are, I think, personally. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I really want to stress in my book, because, um, you know, we, we, we really have come to look at the body in a very reductionist way, mm -hmm. like, oh, this one thing does only this one thing. So let's take a drug and just target mm -hmm. that one thing. Like, okay, you might have a little bit of success with that, but it comes with one, a lot of side effects. Mm -hmm. Two, um, you're going to have to take that medication for the rest of your life, probably. Mm -hmm. And three, your doctors will just say, oh, you know, it's just genetics. You just, you just have to take it. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's not because the doctors are bad. It's because they don't have the education also because right. their med school curriculum is based off of pharmaceuticals. Exactly. And that's the way that it is, sadly. But um, that reductionist approach is not getting us anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's led to the chronic disease epidemic that we have in the United States with 54% of children with one or more chronic disease and 60% of adults with one or more chronic diseases. So um, really coming to a holistic approach with someone to me seems like the only way forward. And the only way to truly help someone get healthier is to chip away at every single aspect of health, whether that's relationships, uh, their mental health, their sleep, their gut health, all of these things compound if you know how to um, implement them and implement healthy lifestyle habits mm -hmm. into the person's life. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's so true about doctors in general. Um, I think they're, they're useful. Absolutely. <laughs> um, for yeah. like surgeries and like real serious things you just can't control, but it's even like that when it comes to veterinarians, I mean, I don't know how many times I've taken my dog to the vet and it's always prescribing some drug or he has this disease or he's got this wrong with him. And when I just took a step back and just changed his food, like I actually create all of his food, like do not use dog food at all. It literally cleared up everything that they said was wrong. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. across the board that uh, doctors don't really have that nutrition background. And you're lucky if you have somebody that knows a little bit about nutrition. That's like a really, really good doctor at that point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what is some advice you would give to someone that's just kind of maybe a few months back where you were like, how would they start to kind of get to a better place of trusting themselves and being more self-reliant? I would say first meditation, just because of, um, you know, if you aren't in this place where you are able to be alone for a while, mm -hmm. or, you know, if you're more of an extrovert and you, you just desperately seek out people because you love being with people, yeah. well, that's a good thing, but also it doesn't really allow you to be in that state of, um, reflection mm -hmm. in that state of uh, solitude, mm -hmm. which I think is important. You need to know yourself. And the way that you do that is through meditation. It's really like the ultimate tool for getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because as you meditate and you're just sitting and doing nothing, mm -hmm. you will start to see just weird, like weird stuff will happen. Like you'll, you'll start to feel things that have no basis in reality. Like you will start to feel anger pop up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, like, huh, that's weird. Like, why did that just happen? Mm -hmm. And you'll get the, the corresponding thought, of course, because your body always um, tries to feed back into a logical basis for that emotion that you just felt. Mm -hmm. So you'll start to see your automatic negative thought patterns in real time while you are meditating. And so that allows you to be, that raises the, self-awareness that you have of yourself and that's critical that's a critical first part that i've found for myself that you know some people will go through their day and they won't even know that they have these this like inner um harsh critic mm -hmm. of themselves mm -hmm. they won't even know that they'll have this negative self-talk and so meditation is important because it it allows you to become more aware of those things mm -hmm. and once you do become more aware of those things in in practice, because that's what meditation is. It's really like a kind of practice for, for real life. Because if you can handle your thoughts when you are, you know, well, actually, let me flip that. You start with meditation because it's, it's like training, mm -hmm. right? It's not the competition. The competition would be going through your day-to-day -day life with those negative thought patterns. But meditation is more like, okay, I'm going to train to be more self-aware mm -hmm. and recognize those thought patterns. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to slowly start to make the shift in my mindset that I'm not going to allow myself to talk like that. And instead, I'm going to replace those thoughts and those feelings with a counterpart of like, why is that actually not correct? And what things am I doing in my life that actually make me feel better as a person? 
And so if you can do that in, in the training camp, which is meditation, mm -hmm. you will be able to implement that in the real hectic everyday busy life. Mm -hmm. Very solid advice for sure. I'm a huge advocate for meditation just because we spend a lot of time talking, even when we're not verbally saying anything out loud, we have a lot of mental chatter. So that gives you that time to just listen. And eventually at first, it's going to sound really, really loud because <laughs> you're not used yes. to it. <laughs> but over time, it's going to, like you said, like practicing it, it starts to calm down and you can get to clarity. You can start to receive the answers of the things that you're wanting to receive because we already have a lot of our own inner wisdom. We just we rely on everything else except for ourselves a lot of times. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So yeah, definitely a good point. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, so what is on the docket for you, like moving forward? Where do you see yourself going? You're, you're fresh, man. Like, if I were in your place 11 years ago, I, I'd be a rock star right now. So <laughs> I know you have a super golden road ahead of you. And I know you have a lot going on. So what are some new goals or new prospects you have for yourself? Right. Well, once I finish my um, health coach certification, which should be in a few months, um, I hope to start taking on clients and start really um, educating people mm -hmm. at that one-on-one uh, -on -one level. Mm -hmm. um, because I really think as, as insignificant as sometimes my head tells me that it is, um, just starting one-on-one, -on -one, I think, you know, those people like that one person that I meet with, mm -hmm. they have a whole network of people. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I can touch what, that one person and help them try to transform their life, then that will have a huge impact on their inner circle, which then will have another impact on that person's circle. And it'll just keep on building because each person knows, you know, let's say like a thousand people. And so if that one person starts to, you know, teach their circle, then it's just going to, like massively increase. And I really believe in the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, the, the biggest goal that I have right now is to learn as much as possible about human health and then start to teach people. And um, yeah, so that's really, that's really what's going on uh, with me right now. Perfect. I can definitely relate. I'm in the same boat as well. Um, I don't even know really how much coaching is really needed. And it totally is. Um, because I think people still are not very comfortable with like going to therapy and everything, but everyone needs an accountability partner, someone to help them through that process. And the fact that, you know, you're just a few steps ahead of them, you can show them how to get through whatever they're dealing with so much faster and it saves them that much more time in their life. And it absolutely has a rippling effect. So don't quit. Definitely continue. Speaking from experience, <laughs> I I kind of started this journey a little bit um, like 10 years ago. And then life happened and I stopped. And now I'm picking back up and I'm having to, and I'm like, man, I'm like playing catch up right now. So do not quit. I promise. <laughs> It's worth yeah, it. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm just at the beginning right now, but um, yeah, I think, I think that's important. And that's something that I think um, 
like in, in traditional medicine, it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of in a way like, how can I explain this? Doctors kind of, and again, not because they're bad people. I want to stress that because it's, <laughs> it's more of a systematic failure yeah, than really a is. failure of the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really concede disease. Like they will see something like Crohn's disease, for example. I just had a uh, uh, an amazing guest on on my podcast a few days ago, and he talked about how he literally reversed Crohn's disease, and that's something that you know conventional medicine will say, "Sorry, it's genetics. Um, you can take this medication; it will help. Um, you'll be on it for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and that's it. Next patient." Um, so he literally reversed this disease, and it was because he wouldn't take no for an answer. He would not give up, and it took him. 40 years of his life dealing with that pretty crippling condition for him to actually learn enough to be able to implement things in his life to the point where he reversed a disease that modern medicine has no answer for. Wow. And so do not give up. There is always something more. Mm -hmm. There is a pretty, it's a, an, an erroneous facade of certainty that's going on right now in the field of, well, in all fields of science, to be honest. Um, Scientific certainty is an illusion. There is no such thing as scientific certainty. As you said in the beginning, we are always learning more. Mm -hmm. There is never going to be a point, I don't think, at least not in the next 100, 200 years, where we actually learn everything there is to know about the human body, about physics, about anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so the idea that your doctors have it all figured out, sorry, but it's just not true. Yeah. And you are much more intelligent and you are much more powerful than you believe and and giving away that power to somebody else because they have a credential of MD or PhD is just, it's, it's not the right way to approach it. I don't think. And Mm -hmm. of course they're knowledgeable people, but again, they don't have all the answers because science doesn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, I definitely agree. And, um, scientists are human first. <laughs> so yes. scientists are are not like uh, an above intelligence of what we actually are. So whatever we're learning is within our own capacity of what we set for ourselves. So um, that is why your belief system is so important to make sure that you break those limitations because we are extremely powerful when we tap into that. And that's when people are like, oh, they're superhuman or they're super this or whatever. It's like, no, they're actually just in alignment with a touch, with just a smidgen <laughs> of right. the true human spirit. And it's it's extremely powerful. We just don't really know that. And I think a little bit of that is done on purpose just to keep some control over the human population. I think if everyone knew their truest potential, then there wouldn't be much to control us over. I think there's a, definitely a big, um, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love this conversation. It was so enlightening. There's so many reminders and so many new things you brought to my perspective. Thank you. I so appreciate you. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. How can someone get in touch with you and find out more about what you do and connect with you? Right. So I am mainly on uh, Instagram is where I'm the most active mm-hmm. uh, at live.dam.well. You can also find me at uh, livedamwell.com. And uh, I actually made chapter two of my 
ebook, which is um, the full version is on Amazon. I made just chapter two available to people because I know how important mental health is right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so you can learn all about how mental health is tied to immune health, but not only that, uh, the simple things you can do to improve it. So things like breath work, things like meditation, things like improving your sleep. And so, yeah, I made that completely free for you to download. Um, you can check that out on my website as well. Um, and yeah, I hope that helps. And I really hope that people start to see that they are really much more powerful than they believe. It's really just, it's really just an education issue. Really, the message just needs to get out there that there is a lot to health and there's a lot that people can do and people are way more powerful than they believe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jorge. I really appreciate your time and I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you, Lindsay. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Love Tribe. What did you think of that conversation? I thought it was great. I thought he made a lot of great, solid points. And it is always fascinating for me to see just how much we can really expand our mind, our knowledge, and learn so much from each other. That is the most inspiring thing that now with learning, we're learning from each other more than ever not just in school, not just from courses, but literally from each other. And that is so impactful. So if there's anything that you are passionate about, anything that you are knowledgeable about, and you want to share it with the world, definitely do so. Do not put us at a disservice because we don't know what you know. So share it. All right. Thank you so much. And of course, follow and subscribe so that you can receive new conversations every single week. Thank you and have a beautiful rest of your day. This is Heartland Podcast.